Welcome to the episode five of the Mortgage Strong Podcast. Got an exciting uh, show today for you guys. We've got our five Platinum Club winners from last year, First Trust Home Loans. It's going to be good info for both consumers and LOs talking to other top producing LOs and hearing what they do and how they do it. And I don't want to take too much time talking about it, but we're really, you know, getting our footing with this podcast. Appreciate all you guys listening. It's a good time. I learn something every time I'm on here, just not only from my guests, but from you guys that are listening and feedback there. So thank you guys for being a vital part of this. And without further ado, let's just kind of go around the room and uh, introduce ourselves and tell me a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in the business. And Cliff, I'll just start with you. Yes, uh, Cliff Krause, I guess uh, maybe August uh, range of 2003 uh, is when we started. And it's kind of crazy how I actually got into the business. I was just out of college in the same period of time of uh, when Glenn was actually trying to get everything going uh, at that time under uh, American Residential. And uh, I said, well, I was kind of unsure of which way I wanted to go as far as staying in Sheridan or going back to Fayetteville and doing uh, something different. So kind of went to Glenn and said, hey, I'll come in and I'll try to help you. A, I think initially it was getting some phones set up yeah. and some stuff and uh, just kind of, hey, here's some loans. I need need some help with them, and and uh, it's kind of materialized. And then looking up 20 years later, and still in the business, and uh, enjoyed seeing how everything has grown, and and uh, as many of the customers as we have as we have helped. So uh, just excited for the opportunity. Yeah, man, it's been a good ride. Chris, Cliff, he's one of the old ones in here, not necessarily by age, but old one as far as. Uh, how long we've been together. It's been a fun ride for sure. Honey, tell us a little bit about your background and history and and, and how long you've been LO. Yeah, so Hunter Strong, been here since March of 2019. Um, first year, I actually wasn't an LO. I was a closer for the company. Ran a lot desk for about another year after that while I was still kind of getting into the LO game. So been full-time LO, I guess, since 21. Um, so this will be my third year of just doing this. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's kind of the tale of two worlds. We got a, a two and a half, three year old basic LO and a 20 year old LO. Drake, Coach Widener. So Drake comes as our token coach. He was a coach before he joined us. And tell us, tell us a little bit about how long you've been here. Yeah, uh, I've been here two years this month, June. Uh, it's kind of a fluke. I got the good Lord's blessed me. I got lucky and and I appreciate you taking a chance on me. I coached ball, was a ball coach for 10 years uh, before I got into this. Had two little girls, was tired of being away from them, tired of working crazy hours and not making a lot of money and uh, had a chance to kind of go the flip of that. You can work as many hours as you want and make as much money as you want, depending on what you want to do. So been blessed, uh, you know, good Lord's taking care of me. My wife, she supported me in the transition. You know, I went, had a chance to, you know, you, do you want to go commission? Do you want to go salary and ease your way into it? And, you know, I just jumped off that diving board and said, let's just go all in. So uh, it's been good. I've been I've been very blessed. It's been a good transition. I probably uh, – people ask me all the time, you miss coaching? Do you ever want to go back? I miss Friday nights. I don't miss anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I plan on I'll, I'll probably die with this company. So it's just I'm, I'm I love life. So it's been it's been a blessing. 
Yeah, that's good stuff right there. And 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 your success we can talk about it a little later in, in such a short time has been pretty incredible too. So for listeners out there, we'll continue around the room, but we've got a hodgepodge of two-year, you know, LO, three-year LO, 20-year LO. Chris, you're kind of in between there, but you've got a pretty good longevity. So tell us a little bit about your length of being here. And yeah, I've been here a little over seven years now, maybe. I think uh April of 16. Uh Kind of great. Glenn took a chance on me. Appreciate it so much. Uh, had graduated college, got into insurance, didn't like that. Switched to welding for a little while. Uh, of course, that wasn't long term. And then uh, Glenn brought me on. And so, uh, yeah, just uh, kind of great. Blessed to be here. Probably, you know, retire or die here, whichever comes first. Sometimes I like the latter, but, uh, uh, you know, hey, it's, it's just so happy for, for the opportunity here. So, uh, that's, that's basically it. Yeah. Coach to LO welder. Yeah. Exactly. And for all you listening, I mean, these are success stories here and, and their customers love them. And they, they're they just fantastic. And I, I said this about Chris a few years ago at a Christmas party. And he didn't know it. I think it was his five year anniversary. And he had been in our top three. I could be wrong. All five of his first years, which he didn't know, he's, he's not just diving into numbers, he's diving into people, and that's something perfect that separates itself on. It's not all about the number, it's about the person, but that's pretty impressive. Welder to top three in the company, so it's, it's been a good ride. Paul, my man, Paul Krausen, tell us a little bit about your history, how long you've been here, and all that good stuff. Well, I am the old man, of the <laughs> that's for sure. I started shortly after Cliff, uh, uh, October of 03. And uh, actually at the time I was dabbling in appraisals, doing some appraisals at the time. And I was in and out of their little office there at the time, American Residential. And uh, and Glenn just said, Paul, why don't you start doing loans? And I said, I don't know what that big. Well, we can teach you everything. I said, all right, what the heck? So I jumped in and, and never looked back. I, I love it. Uh, appreciate it. Lynn giving me the opportunity, uh, but I that is the joke around here because I'm the old man. I was the old man back then. <laughs> I knew all these guys when they were kids, you know. So uh, I've been blessed, and I really appreciate everything. Yeah, and uh, so to, to add a little bit to Paul, Paul had an ongoing about a 10, eight, 10 year run of being, you know, number one uh, producer around here, and the guys with resilient and in his his pursuit of his customers because for a long, long time, his long ones have changed a little bit later here, but for a long, long time, Paul did every $60,000 loan there was to do in South Arkansas. And he did them with a smile and he did them just like it was a $600,000 loan, which is what set, separates him and us as a company apart, which is really cool to see. You know, guys, we're in we're in uh, some tumultuous times out there. The, the rates are, you know, up, up, up down half a day and get you excited up 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 down half a day there's cost on loans now there's there's a lot of things algorithms that have changed in findings and we talk about it all the time as a group we can't control those things we can control what we can control and that's that's our attitude and that's our effort and that's our customer service we can control that every day and i think that's what se separates you five but what's on a, on a great day, you know, not a day that anything hits the fan because it is the long business and there's going to be things that hit the fan. But on a great day, just any one of you that wants to jump in, what does one of your days look like? You start at 
six in the morning, you start at six at night because we're really flexible on how we work. That's the, that is a good thing. It's also a bad thing about our job because we're going to talk work-life balance here in a minute. But what's just a, a good, normal day look like? And any of you jump in or I'll call on one of you, however y'all want to do this. So I just like to know what, what a good day, not, not when you come in and your email folds up and there's a, you know, borrower bought a couch yesterday the day before closing uh, or the appraisal comes in subject to, again, uncontrollable things that we try to work through. But what, Drake, I'll start with you because I know you hate this question. The worst. Uh, since you told me that before we started this podcast. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, when I first started, I was trying to get in there. I was still working. I, I wasn't taking advantage of the job. I was trying to, I was still in coach mode. I was getting there at seven. I was working until five thirty, and I wasn't happy. And uh, you know, I was I was happy in a sense, but I wasn't truly happy. And now I've figured out that balance a little bit more, and I feel like I've been even better from doing it. Like I've started setting myself rules. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna see both my kids in the morning. I'm not gonna go to the office until I hang out with my wife and kids for about thirty minutes in the morning, and then I get to the office about eight thirty. And then I make myself leave by 4.30. Like, I'm, I make myself leave. I'm leaving at 4.30 because it takes me 30 minutes to get home traffic-wise and cabin traffic's nuts. But uh, <laughs> it takes me 30 minutes to get home from the office. So, um, I mean, I'm going to leave by 4.30. And, you know, I'll still – I always tell people, listen, I'm going to answer your phone call. And that's what my realtors tell people is, you know, Drake will answer your phone. But I figured out, like – I've got William now who does a great job and I can trust him. And so uh, I figured out like, you don't have to be glued to that desk, get out and about. So ideal day for me is I come in, I handle anything because people will call you at night. Y'all know that. And so I email myself at nighttime to check it first thing in the morning. So I go in and do that stuff. And then, um, you know, I'll, I'll talk to William about anything he needs to know. And then I try to spend the rest of the day either calling people that are already pre-approved, call, cold calling realtors, going and seeing realtor offices. I try to keep myself out of the office. I've started doing that. And the trend is if you do that, you're busy. Like you, it picks up pretty quick. The problem is, you know, when you get busy, you tend to get locked back down to the desk and then it's two months and then you got to get back out again. So anyway, it's just uh, there, no days ever the same. That's one of the best things about this job. Yeah, yeah, good stuff there. Anybody want to add anything? Because I'll add something to what Drake said that I think is um, real important. We're, we're a relationship company. Everything we do at First Trust, you guys don't have leads that the company provides for. We don't buy leads. We, we're we relationship-driven. So like Drake said, being locked down to the desk, is it's good in a way because you're busy and you got a bunch of files, but it's bad because you're not – owning the relationships and you're not building relationships. And without the relationships, you know, our realtor referral partners, our build referral partners, they are, I'm talking top notch, above board of everything that we do. And so it's important to make sure you balance the desk life and the and the be on the street life, basically. Anybody want to add anything to that or pretty much agree with what? Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what I think. One of the things that I really love about it is, is we're not, I'm not married to the office. I can get up at six o'clock in the morning if I have an app come over during the night or something. I got an app filled out. I can get up and got a computer at the house. I work in the house just as much as I do from the office. Get up full credit, do, do your thing, you know, and then and then if you got a little time, go out and see a realtor, take them to lunch or whatnot. 
but that's what is so neat about this is you know even on the weekends we all can we all we all work on the weekends too you know and that's that, that's not a problem because somebody wants to call us or fill out an app on text us on an app online and we I just run in the house real quick pre crawl them in ten minutes yeah you know at the house on a Sunday afternoon you know so that's that's what's really neat about it you know and I'm a little bit more of an early riser you know I like. Getting up and going to the gym and that, I mean, I felt like if I was drank getting off at eight thirty, I'd be, you know, completely <laughs> flabbergasted with, with stuff. So I like getting up and you know, I'll check emails six thirty in the morning, and you know, man, you know, I can get forty five minutes worth of work done and trying to start scheduling what I need to do. And if I need to, if I'm going to be out a couple hours, that's fine. I can come back, get back on the computer, uh, catch back up. Yeah, uh, what I need to, but yeah, the flexibility. But you know, the thing about it is, we're always available to customers. They can always call us, whether or not it's six o'clock in the evening or on the weekends. Just about everybody here should. You know, we've got our computers. We can pre-approve anything. Uh, well, and, and, and the Mortgage Strong app itself yeah. is such a, a game changer for you guys and the customers, especially you know in the modern age where everything's handled on a smartphone. I mean, we're glued to them, whether it's this. So so I'm hearing all these guys have a lot of flexibility, but I heard the three of you all say we're available all the time. So that leads me to how do you manage work-life balance? Uh, everybody at this table has kids, uh, you know, significant others, and Glenn's a work-life balance guy. I'm family first. Uh, I was fortunate enough to travel around and watch my kids play and do every single thing. I worked the whole time, but I didn't miss a thing. So how do you guys, Chris, we'll start with you. You're on vac- you got to take a vacation last mm-hmm. week to the beach. You got two, two youngins. Yeah. Uh, and uh, how do you how do you manage that? Because you never want to miss that opportunity, that at bat with the customer. Right. But you dang sure don't want to miss that at bat with your kids because you don't get them back either. So how do you manage that? It's a good question. And really, I think. To me, it kind of goes back to what the guys were just talking about before. With we're so flexible, I'm I'm going to answer the phone anytime. And like, yeah, we're not going to have a set office time. So I might get up if I've got a customer that calls me tonight. Uh, like Greg was saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna email myself. I'm gonna get up next morning, look at that app, call them early, and then maybe go out and do something with family. Come back later. I don't have. I don't have set hours. You know, I'm gonna work a while, do some kids, go to field trip, come back, work a while. That just kind of works for me. That's what I personally do. Yeah. You know, I just you know on and off, on and off all day is kind of how I myself balance it. But what? you didn't. But you didn't miss much by by going going to the beach a couple of weeks or a week and a half. You that's had right. no computer. That's right. You still spend any time with them. That's exactly right. Have the computer. That's exactly right. Great, great point. Yeah, have the computer there. It's set up. You know, go down to the beach for all kids. Come back up. I'm grabbing by D. I'll send the computer, check emails, return a couple of calls, and then you know, then go back down again. And, and it's also helped now. We've got an assistant that she she's coming on board, doing great. Uh, you know, it can help kind of some of that too. But yeah, it, it's yeah. it's just you know, on again, off again, all day, and, and you know, kind of that of thing. Like it's always being available yes it's it a customer. And, and and i would be remiss to not say this because i think all of you agree you guys have 
great back office staff that has your back. Oh, they okay. know no, there's no ops and sales with y'all's teams. There's let's get it done and put yeah. them first, yeah. put them first, put them first. And that makes a big difference. Yes, there's some tough decisions with rates. There are some tough decisions on credit decisions. They're only coming from you guys. They're not coming from the back office. And we don't want it to be, you know. We want it to come from the innovative salesperson that's, you know. But the back office does support y'all well, which helps. And uh, it's huge. And I, and I love seeing that. So I'm going to switch gears just a little bit. Hunter, I'll, I'll kind of point this one uh, to you to start with. And then we'll go around whoever else wants to add. But we are, like I said earlier in the in the show, rates you know you have three days that go straight up when every freaking person says they're supposed to be going down and you're holding and you're not holding and, and then they go down a day so man we're just in a volatile rate market it is what it is we can't control it but how do you educate your borrower hunter on you know it's not always about rate guys it's not there's loan programs that can be the best rate not be the best deal there's time for the cost outweighs the good of the rate and a customer don't know. They're sitting at their coffee shop talking to my guy, you know, X, Y, Z. Well, yeah, it costs you $12,000. You're going to be in the house six months. So, Hunter, I think that's important for us to be the smart, you know, person and get our customer, take care of them. How do you do that? Do you, do you have them conversations with them? or? I mean, yeah, you definitely talk about rate. Uh, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you really have to get with the customer and for me, I get over the two most important things to me in a transaction. And it's what payment are they comfortable with and how much money, if any, can they come up with or do they need to qualify for the loan? First question I ask before I even ask anything is, hey, you know, top end where you feel comfortable, where you want to be at on me. And we start everything off that. I don't ask them how much house do you want to buy or do you want to go buy a $300,000 house? I ask them payment and then I base the whole loan off of that. And when you start from there, already the rate conversation doesn't matter as much because at the end of the day, whether your rate's 10% or 2%, it doesn't matter. You got to be able to make the payment, you know? So <laughs> at the end of the day, what they're really asking when they ask you what the rate is, is what is my payment? That's what I think. So I give them that answer and that can kind of mitigate a lot of, you know, if you tell someone the rate seven percent, they're going to want to jump off a cliff. You tell them their payment's nine hundred fifty dollars a month. Oh, I can do that. That might have been a seven point five percent rate. You know, so I'm just saying, you have to talk about rate. You have to educate them. You have to tell them the differences when you're competing. And someone says, "Oh, I'm giving you a six percent rate," but like you said, they might be charging three percent, and it's really not as the same deal as a six point eight. Or they can qualify for a conventional loan, and the conventional loan is seven, but an FHA is six but the conventional loan long-term is still a better deal for them just because of fees and upfront fees and mortgage insurance and things like that. So you can definitely get into that and get in depth with that per customer. Of course, every customer is different, but I still think at the end of the day, you have to just hit the nail on the head with what's the most important things. And at the end of the day, people need to know what their payment's going to be, make sure they're comfortable with that payment. And then also zero down options, not zero down options, closing costs, not just the down payment, you get them where they're comfortable with the payment and you get them where they're comfortable with the cash to close. And then you send a pre-approval that you've already verified and you send that to a realtor. You've got them handled at that point. You tell, you don't just know you can get them the loan, but you also know, Hey, if they find a house in this range, they're happy with the payment. They're happy with the cash to close. If we need seller credit, that's the first thing I say when I send the pre-approval, there's no questions on the front end. So that way on the back end, you don't get to the closing and well, I didn't think I was bringing 5,000 or 
this payment's a hundred dollars more than I can handle. Well, yeah. those conversations are the very first minute I take it out, I, I start hammering those questions home. And that mitigates a lot of the rate issues, but also mitigates a lot of heartache and headache and already starts building that trust that can allow you to have a good yeah. conversation. We we talk about it as a group all the time and and one thing, you know, to try to alleviate work-life balance at first, because we don't have a bunch of calls. We don't have a bunch of Zoom calls. We're we're family, but we do a sales call each month, and we talk about taking extra 20, 30 minutes on the front end to know your customer's goals, to know what fits them. Now, sometimes their goals and what's realistic, we all know is not the same thing, but it's our job as a professional to make sure we're not putting them in something that's setting them up to fail but also getting them as close to what they need and what they want. And that all starts on the front by not rushing through that. And you, you five do a freaking excellent job of that, which makes the whole whole process go. I looked yesterday, and as a company-wide, we uh, had a 21-day app to CTC company-wide. Some of you at this table had like a 15-day mm -hmm. uh, app to CTC. Well, that does not happen without, A, a great team, but B, if that app's bad, that's the roadmap for the whole thing. Yeah. And you guys do a great job of that. That was a good answer. And it's and it's our job to educate them. Uh, well, another thing, Lynn, I talked with Mello yesterday with another company, and he was telling me that he had two in the past week, one from one from uh who was it? Uh gave them this crazy good rate, and then they get the C D at the end, and they're hitting them with three with Ten thousand, eighteen thousand dollars of closing costs, and people were like, because of points, but they didn't disclose it on the LE. They didn't disclose it until they hit the CD three days before closing. So, what they were doing, were, I think, is what they're putting those fees on the seller side, and then they're flipping it back over towards the end. But I mean, that's the kind of stuff. If it's too good to be true, it is. I mean, there's not a like a duck talks like a duck. Yeah, probably a duck. Yeah. Well, and and I tell people all the time. I'm like Hunter. I talk payment more than anything. Um, but I tell people all the time, like the bottom line is, you can get two percent from one of those big online companies. If whatever they, they may throw two percent at you, you're not going to close on time, which means you're probably not going to get the house because the seller's going to say, "Well, never mind. I'm just going to go someone else." And then I had same thing happen. I had two that a month ago called me dropping rates. We gave them pretty close, competitive, but those online companies were lowballing. Well, guess what? They called me last week, two weeks ago. We're not going to close on time. They said they can't do the loan. They want the house. So then we got to close them in eight days. And then they're asking me if the rate's the same. And I'm like, no, it ain't the same. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. I love great company. There's some local companies that, man, I talk to them all the time. They're great competition, and I love competing against them. I love seeing y'all compete against them. I feel like we win more than we lose, but you're going to win and lose some. And then there's other competition out there that, you know, it's just, it is what it is, and I don't want to name names. I won't talk bad about them, you know, publicly, but there's just things that happen. And there's something to be said for dealing with the people you see at church and you deal with the people you see at Walmart and you look them in the eye and that realtor knows they can come to your house and, you know, throw rocks at you if something don't go like you say. So those are things that you have to deal with because there are the deal with trigger leads and all this stuff which we don't do either. And, and, and so, you know, you pull credit and somebody pulls it, but that's something that y'all have done well at overcoming. And even I'm going to start getting you guys to mentor some of our other 
uh, LO. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump uh, to another question since we're on the kind of tumultuous uh, volatile rate deal. And if you were a home buyer that's on the fence right now, that you, man, you really want this house, but you, you, you look at social media, mortgages in the, you know, the dump, it's just not good and rates are too high. If you're, if you're talking to that customer, or is your advice, yeah, wait, and maybe you get the house, or maybe you don't get the house, or is it, is it, you know, buy now, marry the house, and uh, date the rate kind of deal? That's a, that's a saying, which we're offering, you know, some refi protection and some stuff like that, because we know rates are, are going to go down, but do you guys, are y'all on the fence about, y'all tell them to hold, or y'all, y'all encourage them and go back to the payment talk and what they feel comfortable with and the opportunity to not lose the house? Where, where do y'all go in that conversation? Because there are a lot of home buyers right now for lack of better words, nervous. They're on the fence, you know, and like Hunter said, if you lived in 2020 and 2021 and all you heard was 2% rates and you're in 2023 now and one day they're six and the next day they're seven and a quarter. I mean, it's literally that much change from the credit score. What are y'all encouraging these people to do or not do? Anybody, any of y'all jump up? I, I pretty much you know, tell them that if they really, really like that house, I mean, the housing, Prices are continuing. They're going to continue to go up, no matter what the rate is. You know, two years from now, that 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 house might be ten or twenty percent higher than what it is now. You know, uh, and and if they really like that house, it's really going to fit them. Then go ahead and, and and buy the house, and then hopefully, what the experts are saying, fourth quarter, first quarter next year, within the next year, rates are going to fall. Uh, then we can always refine. We we'll give them that credit. You know, they're refined. Um, I had a guy I had one this week. Uh, they're selling, they've got to sell their house, but they don't want to lose this house. So uh, I explained the recast loan, you know, in the room. And uh, so we're putting a minimum 5% down payment. They already made an offer on the house. We're going to put their house up for sale. And he and his wife both are, his wife more is more nervous about having the two payments for a few months' time, depending on how. But luckily, they're going to, they're going to, their house will be priced at a, at, a, at a price that's really moving quick now, so they shouldn't have very long. But then I got to thinking, okay, well, you know, uh, when you do when you do sell your house, before you dump that money to lower your loan amount to get your payment down, let's step back and see if that's going to be a smart thing for you to do then. You might, if the rates are still high, you might want to put that money into a into account. It's a significant amount of money. Let it drop 4 or 5% interest. And then let's wait up six months a year, depending on when the rates fall, to see if, if it would be beneficial for you to just do it again. And maybe you could you could pay down a little bit and 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 instead of paying a full the 80% down now, which would cost him 70,000, right? You might only need to pay 50% down because of the pricing going up on the head. It's just, you know, so just kind of hang on to your money and just kind of see. But he still might want to recast it when he sells. It. I don't know, but it's just another option. No, that, that's a that's a good point. It actually made me think of the situation as well. I think that's where you're gonna with us. You're gonna get something a little bit more different than another like that. Where it's not just about processing the loan, doing the loan. It's more looking at it as a whole financial standpoint and what's the best thing for the customer. May not be the best loan up front, but overall financially, yes, is the best thing. I had a uh, customer been years ago, funny story where uh, they came in and they had maybe 80% to put down 
And but they had several liabilities, and I said, "Hey, let's just let's just cut it off at this eighty percent. Use the remaining money, pay every debt that you got off, or save an X amount of money, then put that money that you're saving back on the loan. And it looks like you they could have a thirty year loan paid off in five or six years. Fast uh, fast forward about four years later, I'm on the driving range. I love playing golf. I'm on the driving range. I got to talking to this guy and that they'd moved in and. Long story short, it was this couple's son. And he said, as a matter of fact, I heard my parents say on the dinner table the other night, they just paid their house off. That's so all they did. They listened to that and did that. And they had that house paid off in six or seven years. That's all. Well, what I'm hearing here, guys, the difference in a selling loan officer and a trusted advisor and looking at people that the customers first and foremost. And, and that's important. And you're right, online or dialing for dollar type people. And again, there's great competition out there. So anybody listening to this, or, I know I got good LO friends that are different companies and I still love y'all. But dialing for dollar guys, there, there's a difference in being the go-to. You know, I say it all the time, knowledge is power, okay? You don't have to have authority to have power. Power is when you're the go-to, the first time they pick up the phone and they go, hey, I'm thinking about doing this wild thing like building a pool. Well, that's awesome. That's your, you know, that's where you did your job right. So we talked about a customer, what y'all would tell them. You know, you guys have all been here for a significant amount of time. I got two 20-year guys and, and nine and seven years. And Hunter, you say 19, 18, 19. So five, six years, Drake, you're the lucky man on the totem pole. You're the biggest guy in the room. Mm -hmm. But what happens, you know, if, if you were out on the street and another LO hits you up and it's like, man, maybe you should come work with me or maybe I need to make a move. What about First Trust? you love the most or why would you encourage someone to come work with us you know and that's one thing y'all always hear me say i say work for it's work with because that's just our mindset but any of y'all jump in there and kind of talk about if you were an lo just kind of looking kind of wavering what's the why of first trust for me it's it's culture uh i like that we're a family and i feel like we got support like that's the that's the biggest thing for me support and because if I was going to work in some big company, I'd be lost. I wouldn't know what I know now. And uh, so I feel like we've got great support here. We can, and I always tell people this in sales meetings, you know, you're directly involved. The guy that writes the checks is involved. And that's, that's huge. Like I can call you if I need something done and it gets done. So, I mean, that's a, that's a game changer, I think, compared to a lot of places. You don't get that everywhere. And, you know, the fact that we're small, we've got the same, I've got the same underwriter, same processor for everybody. Almost almost everybody. And it's just consistent. I mean, we're a team. We work together. I'm not trying to deal with some underwriter that I don't know and trying to, like, you know, if there's something we don't like on the condition sheet that we feel like's unnecessary, we can call and have a conversation. You can't do that at some big national company. So I think that sets us apart from a lot of people. Um, you know, that's... No, I mean, I agree. And I think one thing is at the end of the day, I think you've said this a couple of times, not just us as a salesperson, but the processor, the closer, the even the underwriter within their role in their job, they're all trying to help the customer. You know, they're not, the underwriter's not sitting there getting paid to say no. You know, she's getting paid to, or he is getting paid to say, this is the guidelines. How can we make this, find a way to make this work and still meet the guidelines of the loan? 
Um, and we don't have a lot of overlays and we can do things that a lot of companies and a lot of other LOs are handicapped by. And in this market, especially as a lot of people know, they're not all 800s. They're not all putting 20% yeah. down. So if you, if you cut off 50% of your potential clients, just because you can't go below a 620, I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, those people, A, still need help. They still need to buy home. It's still the best thing for their financial situation and not rent for the rest of their lives. Um, and we can provide that to those people. And then also we can make more money because of that as well. So, I mean, if you're cutting off both helping more people and potential income for you and your family, simply nothing to do with your knowledge or you could be the best salesperson in America, but if they have a 619, you're done. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that we can do that other people can't. And then of course, everything Drake said is correct. Yeah. I always say if we can't close it, nobody can. Well, and we can say that honestly. You know, that's a fact. Well, and I'll say to that, guys, uh, in the fact that when we started this thing way back in, you know, God was born. Uh, that's what it feels like now. But when we started this thing, we set out, we're a mortgage company. We do mortgage. That's all we do. We don't want your, you know, your, your deposit, checking account, savings account, parlor. We got great bank partners and referral partners, but we do mortgage. So that government, we better do mortgage well. We better go deep. We better be able to compete with whoever the call, the dialing for dollar guy is all the way to the little bank up the street in mortgage. And that's what we've done. I mean, we've got our non-QM suite of things. I don't think we do just a whole lot of them, but it is there. You know, we close a couple million a month and non-QM, some months 10 million, but it's there because if it has to do with mortgage, First Trust wants to have a finger in it and a hand in it. Now, if it has to do with the CD or whatnot, I got great referrals. All you got great referrals, and that's just who we are. We actually have some great bank partners that send you guys loans mm -hmm. because of the, the the handcuffs, for lack of better words. You know, some have jumped to six forty, some went to five eighty, and got got a got an appetite of it. It's like, okay, we're out of this, you know, because it is hard. But if you're working every day with your team, you're doing the application correct, and you guys are closing those loans like crazy and they're closing them very efficiently i told you the turn times earlier so you know i appreciate you guys i know y'all are really really busy i appreciate you more than you know uh from a numbers perspective i think five i, I didn't look this morning at months in and up, i think y'all are at the top again and at the consistency of what y'all are doing whether it's a 2021 year where like people like to say loans are falling out of skies and everybody thinks mortgage is easy let's jump in the middle to a 2023 year where you see more people laying off, leaving, I'm never doing this again. You guys have maintained a level of consistency that is it's unparalleled. I'm very appreciative of you. And it all comes down to your customer-driven service, and it comes down to your work. So I'll let you guys get back at it. Thanks, guys, for listening to the Mortgage Strong Podcast. Uh, we got another one coming in about a month, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll let you know a little before who's going to be on it. But till next time, see you.